I'll tell you about a tiny experience that was either divine and magical or absolutely trivial and not even worth the memory to capture it in a recording so it can't fly away. Just because I find it interesting that it could be both or maybe it is both things at the same time. Two days ago, I went on a walk with my kids. There's beautiful nature. We're quite high up. So we could kind of see all kinds of villages and all kinds of places far away. And eventually, as we were returning, I saw a beautiful old tree. And, you know, I don't know how to describe this, but, you know, when a, a tree trunk, it's almost like a really old face that has all these lines when it has these chunks of tree and they're very deep gaps in between. It's, it's almost like the tree that started to a cool texture to it. Like it looked really old and really kind of cool. And something inside of me, and I didn't think about it, just walked up and touched it with both hands. And I wasn't thinking anything particularly movement like that. You could imagine like being like, I'm, I'm curious how it feels, or I'm touching the energy of the tree. I'm a tree hugger now or whatever. But I just, as we were walking past, I just walked to the tree and just touched it. I looked up, looked down. And then I just kept walking with my kids. Probably one of my sons asked me some question and I got distracted and we kept chatting away. At night, I had a tricky time sleeping. Anytime I was falling asleep, one of my kids wanted something from me. They were all sleeping in the bedroom with me. It's unusual for all three of us to sleep together in a bedroom. So, you know, the kids, they are in an unusual environment. They weren't the greatest sleepers. And then I couldn't sleep either. Eventually at 4 a.m., I woke up and I felt very awake. And I had, again, this part in me that was playing music really loudly and really intensely. And so I couldn't fall asleep anymore. Eventually I go, all right, fuck it. I'll wake up already. I might go and meditate. I might do an hour of yoga until they wake up. I went to bed fairly early with them. I was really tired. So I'm like, maybe I have enough sleep. I don't know. So I get out and I sit on the couch. And as I'm sitting on the couch, I don't feel yet ready to do yoga and be active. But I also don't feel ready to go back to bed. So I'm just sitting there for a little bit. And I think I'll just sit here for half an hour and just feel and think a little bit. Now, I was sitting, my hands on my lap. And eventually, as I was sitting there, I closed my eyes. I was just breathing and all kinds of thoughts would enter and exit my mind. And I was quite busy with my thoughts, right? I was just like thinking this, I'm thinking that. And eventually I realized that I have a weird sensation in my hands, super weird sensation. And my first thought was, you know, when something limp is about to fall asleep. So I thought it's probably that, but it felt very different than that. It was sort of that, but very different from it. So... I kind of ignored it and kept thinking, but I didn't move my body. It didn't move my hands. And a few moments later, I felt my hands again. And I thought, holy fuck, my hands feel so weird. Like my hands don't feel like anything I've ever felt before in my hands. It feels so weird. And as I was sitting there with eyes closed, I'm like trying to figure this out. What is this? Are they falling asleep? I'm like, no, it's not the numbness of falling asleep. It's not that at all. Like, what is it then? And this will sound crazy. It felt like my hands were out of wood, you know, like sort of a, I don't know, some weird tree trunk or something. My hands felt very chunky, like very different. It's just hard to describe, very much larger than they are, much chunkier from a different material, but it was not painful. It was not the feeling of, I don't feel my hands anymore, the tingling of them falling asleep. And it was really a very, very unusual. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I don't make the connection to touching the tree at all at first. I just think, what an unusual feeling. I have no idea what this is. And then the first connection my mind made was, oh, this sort of feels a little like 
this one time in my first MDMA therapy session where I was laying in bed and for many, many hours, I didn't move at all. And I had this feeling of being a swaddled newborn baby. And the message I kept receiving was, there's nothing for you to do. Just receive it. Just open up to it. Just enjoy it. Just be nurtured by it. And then I had this thought eventually that I wanted to tell my therapist that I'm okay, because I could tell that Alex was very nervous that I was not moving or making a single sound. And I felt this warmth, almost like a huge paternal hand over my hands. And the message I received was, there's nothing for you to do. Alex is fine. He can deal with it on his own. You don't have to do it. This is a time of non-doing. You don't need to do. Just relax. And I was like, oh, okay. Right? And as I was sitting on the couch and I felt my wooden hands, the first memory that popped up was that moment. I was like, yeah, it does kind of feel like do less. You don't need to do so much. Just be. You're doing too much. Just relax. Just be for a moment. And I thought the last couple of days with my kids had been both amazing and very exhausting. And it had been very difficult for me not to fall into the need to be super dad, like to be amazing. Like we constantly did cool new stuff. And then I constantly was telling them stories and we were going for a swim in the pool and then showering and then dancing to reggae music and then going out for a walk and then reading a book and then playing games and then, you know, training Muay Thai together. And it was so much activity. It was a lot of fun, but it had at times a quality of great tension. Like I was tense because my mind was constantly at performing and thinking, what are we going to do next? They were very eager and greedy for as much dad as they could get. And I wanted to overflow them with everything I had to give. And no matter how beautiful that was, it felt that I pushed a bit too far to the point where I was exhausting myself, right? And it was not needed to go quite that far. And so as I was sitting on the couch, I felt this weird sensation. And then as I was thinking, yeah, I am doing a lot and my hands are kind of a symbol, symbolic for all the activity doing. I then remembered the tree and I thought, huh, it's funny. I haven't touched a tree in a long time. And last evening I go and I touch this really weird feeling, interesting tree. And here I am this morning sitting and now my hands feel like a wood or a tree or something. And then I was starting to meditate on trees and, you know, and I just kind of, my mind wandered off on his own little things that I've heard about trees, things that are easy to capture or realize when you think about trees, you know, trees, a very beautiful existence on earth, right? It's very kind of very stoic, very deep, very old, very giving, you know, trees kind of like they grow fruits, they grow leaves. And then when the time comes, they let them all go. You know, they just let go. Now, when you walk around here in Germany, all the trees are completely bare, right? They're just completely empty. But because they don't carry anything anymore, they're very erect. Like they're just, there's a certain pride to it. And there's going to be a time to carry, to bear fruit and bear all the leaves and everything else. And then let all of it go and go very erect again for a little while when they're kind of completely on their own. I thought about trees, you know, and trees just being, you know, there's just a perfect embodiment of certain ideas of life. And I was thinking about trees. I thought, what I'm feeling right now is multiple things at once. It is and could be perceived as a miracle, right? A divine moment. My hands turned into a tree. Nobody can say that this isn't happening. And it is, this is what I'm feeling. A thousand percent. 
But this is also absolutely nothing. It's just me sitting on a couch tired and having a sensation that my mind is associating with something it recently did. But, you know, when I open my eyes, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to see a fucking tree. Now, that would be a miracle like in the movies that's indisputable, right? Especially if we could capture it with science and, you know, people could like put me on machines and measure things. Then I'm like the tree man. That's a real miracle the way that, you know, part of our brain wants to think about it. So it's like nothing. It's just my hands have a weird sensation. There's a million possible explanations for this, I'm pretty sure. And then it's also a deep psychological moment, maybe a moment of my subconscious, like a sort of half dream, half awake state that is telling me something through something. And then for others, it's a God and then telling me something, turning my hands into wood to tell me slow down. And then for others, it's nature. It's the energy of the tree that permeated my very being and it's not coming out. It can be explained in a million different ways, but the choice to actually fully feel it, to have the awareness and presence to be there for it, because very easily when I started feeling that weird sensation in my hands, I could have just changed the position of my hands and done something with it. That would have been the normal course of action. And I'm sure this is normally what I would do in these moments. And then there's nothing, right? Now, in this situation, for whatever reasons, I chose to just be open-minded and curious enough, not quick enough to judge what this is. I didn't go, oh, this is God, or oh, this is natural. I didn't do it. I was just, this is weird. And then hmm, let me just keep wondering with my mind, and then I'll revisit this. And then when I revisit it, I was like, holy shit, this is really weird. What is this? I've never felt this before. That open-mindedness, that curiosity led me to really interesting places that I have now a choice as a human to interpret in any way that is most meaningful to me and most real, most truthful to me. In this case, I don't even care to pick a choice as my final truth, other than that wonder and magic is probably so overflowing in life, and it is just our ability to be open-minded, open-hearted, patient, and curious enough to perceive more of this magic and wonder, right? Oftentimes, we think about wonders in ways that are very bombastic and cinematic in today's minds, right? We think about, well, if there's really a thing, why isn't it in the sky and explosions and we could all see it and it could be measured with, you know, electrons and it's proven now a wonder, well, the thing is, once it's at that level, it's not a wonder anymore, right? We have like, it's now just a phenomenon that we have an explanation for. Once we explain things, we rob them of their magic and we make ourselves feel calm again. Ah, this is just, oh, this incredible, majestic thing you see. It's just this thing in the sky that does that and with that and this and this. And now we can just look at it and ignore it or not feel the awe and the magic because we have a rationalization for it. Never mind you that in a thousand years, everything we explain today will be stupid and wrong, right? You add more intelligence, the explanations will become more right and old explanations will become more wrong, just like they have in the past. Never mind that. But we sort of think that a wonder is something that everybody will perceive in the exact same way at the exact same time and will be impossible to explain, and there will be impossible for anyone to disagree with what we just perceived altogether, right? It's like, if a monster, if like a Godzilla-like creature comes out of the ocean and stomps over Japan, and we have like video cameras, everybody will go, what the fuck? It was Godzilla, right? It existed. 
Nobody would have ever thought that. If we find some incredible creature down in the sea and we capture them, well, oh, we found one more creature and it's this thing. Whatever. Who cares? We give it a name. We put a tag on it. We print it on a page. It put it in the book. And now there's nothing to be amazed about anymore, right? Like now we know. And, you know, all the old stories of these magical things that miracles that people performed, you know, these miracles that came from God or from magical beings. To some degree, we wonder today, well, why is it happening now? Now that we have video cameras, <laughs> now that we have fucking stuff to like record, why isn't this shit happening now? Probably because it doesn't exist. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's just because back in the day, there was a lot less ways to explain something. And so there was a lot more ways for people to feel magic or awe or to explain things in a more out of this world way to themselves and others, right? And so as we are robbing ourselves of those options, less and less wondrous things are happening. Fucking life is a miracle. You look outside, everything you look at, a fucking tree, a bird, the sky, the sun, the moon, all these fucking things we look at as if they're like, oh, of course, it's just this and the universe works this way. Bullshit. All this is a fucking miracle. What the fuck? What is life? Who created all this? And not who created as like, which person? Why does all this exist and how? What is even existence? All this, if we're really honest, we don't know. We don't understand. We're just little ants looking up and trying to make, touching the oceans, trying to explain the ocean to the other ants. That's what we are. But having so much unexplainable happen to us was also very terrifying, was also at times dangerous, right? The more we're able to explain in ways that are very pragmatic and workable, with science, the more influence we have over life, the more influence we have over the things around us. All this is awesome. I'm not against science. I'm not against explaining things, right? I love explaining things. But I just wonder, the world might be full of magic, full of actual miracles in your life for you all the time, available and true. But you have to open your heart and mind to those things in a specific way. You have to have patience for them in a specific way. And then, honestly, also the courage to believe, right? To just say, well, what I experienced for me was real and magical and beautiful. And why does it matter what others would think or if I could capture it in a format that is now provable so I get external approval of this experience? Oh, yes, others will also nod and go, what you experienced is true. Why does it matter? Because it doesn't. Like If it was magical for you in that moment, that's all it takes. It was magic. Magic happened and existed for you. I mean, we're talking about a total of maybe three, four minutes, very short period of time, and just something slightly unusual. You know, this reminds me of something else. This is a story I would never tell anywhere, but here it goes. Three years ago or so, I'm in New York. It's summer. I'm watching TV, watching some Netflix show. It's in the evening. I ate something and I had a Diet Coke, a can of Diet Coke that I placed on the table, the living room table, which was a glass table. And here's what happened. But before I finish the story, my son, the reason why I think about this, my son once asked me, dad, have you ever experienced anything spooky in life? And I said, no. I said, I don't remember maybe as a child, but as an adult, I don't think so. I don't know. It's like, at no point that nothing that was weird or spooky or... And then after a long time, I remembered this very story. So I tell him, you know, 
New York. I put the Diet Coke can on the table and I'm watching my show. And I notice that the can starts moving, right? It moves on the table, on the glass table. And I turn around and I look at it and I can't tell you, I'm like absolutely not impressed by this. I just look at it and I go, huh, that's kind of funny. And it moves in one direction. And in my mind, I'm like, it's probably the electrons on the glass table and the cold you know, caffeinated Coke and some, I don't know, some explanation that you could show me on a television show for kids that explains this. And so the can is moving in my direction and then is moving in the opposite direction. It was making movements that were not linear, like it was moving up, down in a circle. It was accelerating, slowing down. It was making a lot of fucking movements. And then in my mind, I go, that's a lot of unusual movements, it would be simpler to explain for my mind if it just did this one little thing. This is a bit weirder. And as I look at it, I swear to God, here's what I think. I think, hmm, could be a ghost, could be something weird, probably something explainable. Either way, I don't give a shit. And I keep watching television. I'm like, I just don't care. I don't care. Whatever it is, I do not care. It's a Coke can. I don't care. I couldn't give two shits about this. As I tell this to my nine-year-old son, his eyes are open. His mouth is open. He goes, what? What do you mean? I mean, I didn't tell him I don't give a fuck. I just said, I saw it moving and I thought, this is weird. Maybe there's an explanation, a science explanation. Maybe there's something else. I don't know. And he's like, well, what did you do then? I said, well, nothing. He's like, what do you mean by nothing? I said, nothing. I just kept eating and like watching my book. He's like, but, but what was it? Was it a ghost? He's like, I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't feel a ghost, but I'm not sure. He's like, and then what happened next? I'm like, I don't remember nothing. It's like, he could not comprehend the end of the story made no sense to him. He's like, well, and then he kept asking me for days, dad. And then with this Coke thing, what do you think is it? I'm like, son, I really don't know. I'm not sure. Sometimes in life, you just experience something. And the answer is, I don't know. It's like, yeah, okay. You, I know you don't know, but what do you think? Like, I don't know. I, I don't have a firm thought. He's like, okay, what do you believe it could be? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, okay, did you, oftentimes when my kids ask questions that I can't answer, they already know with me that I'll say, eventually, we should look this up. Let's Google this. Let's look this up. Let's try to research this and find out what is it? How could it work? He's like, did you research it? Did you Google it? And I went, uh, no. And I couldn't say, son, I could not care less. I really was very unaffected by this. Now I'm inconvenienced that I told you the story and now I have to deal with the, you know, being challenged with all these questions. He could not understand, wait, what do you mean this thing happened and you didn't even Google it? What is wrong with you? Now, this is a child that's so open hearted and minded and so full of curiosity and wonder that it's like, how could a dragon fly through your living room and you just go, oh, I don't know. I'm keep watching my Netflix show. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And to some degree, that is explaining most of life, right? It's like fucking dragons, fucking there's the sun, the moon, the wind, all kinds of magic, your hands turning into fucking a tree at 4am in the morning, all kinds of magic happening. And we're just like, well, I don't know, let me open my phone and read Twitter. You know, like, even if it is a wonder, I don't have time for this. I don't care. Like, I'm so, so cynical. I've turned so cynical by adulthood and science and life that I can't 
be odd anymore. And even if there's objects moving in weird patterns and not stopping, this other thing with the coke, to, to be honest, it was kind of cool and weird is how long it was going on. Like, I don't remember the exact amount of time, but I remember that after I looked at it and I pondered it for, I don't know, 10 seconds, 11 seconds, I kept watching Netflix for a good amount of time. And then I turned, it was still doing it. It was probably a minute and like a very long time. It was doing this for a long time. And I was even thinking, wow, how this is unusual, even for something usual that can be explained. Whatever. If it didn't stop and it moved over to the couch, if it started flying, eventually it would catch me, right? I'm now pondering, right? Does any real wonder ever escalate to the degree where even as you're closing your eyes and burying your head down in the ground, it will find you and be in front of you, right? Like as we run away from it, can it find it? Now, to some degree, that would be a really cool that was a part of how I would have described anything magical is when it happens to me, although I don't believe it, right? As I don't want to believe it, it still is being perceived by me, right? That's much better than I want to believe it. And then I see it, mm, you know, kind of like who's doing the thing now? Is it my mind? Is it me? Regardless of all of this, it's just funny that even really unusual things can happen. And again, just because we could find an explanation doesn't make them not a miracle right? Like I can explain my children. We have good explanations of how this works, that we're generating children, but they're still a miracle. Any parent can say that there's been many times you gaze at your children and you just can't comprehend it. Like for all these different reasons, this thing that's partially you, but not you at all, like that you sort of created, but not created at all. It's, it's just a little wonder. It's little magic. And although we can explain it, none of us could have ever made it up, created like we, even the smallest things like a tomato, we couldn't invent a tomato if it didn't exist. Like we could just sit there and go, what cool thing should be red? It should be, be acidic, but really this way. And then we just like create it out of the blue. We've learned to harness that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's more wonder and magic all around in the world. And I was pondering, like after this experience on the couch, my hands turning into a tree, I thought, how much of this is possibly happening to me every day that I am not present for, right? Like that, it's just a pure question of presence, openness, and perception, not of existence. And this reminds me of this quote. These are the kind of synchronicities that I love that are to a degree also magical. You had sent me this audiobook a long time ago and telling me how much you and your daughter enjoyed and it's the BFG by Roald Dahl, right? And then I move into an Airbnb in Austin. And after a couple of days, I open one of the drawers and I see a little cutout piece of a note in there. And it says, and above all, watch with glittering eyes the whole world around you because the greatest secrets are always hidden in the most unlikely places. Those who don't believe in magic will never find it. Roald Dahl. I didn't know who he was when I read the note. I'd forgotten about you sharing with me the audiobook. And a couple of days later, you shared it with me again. You said, this book is really, we really giggled and laughed a lot with Anna. You should really check it out. And I downloaded the audiobook. Then I saw, oh, that doll is the same as in this note. And on my flight back from Austin to Germany, I started listening to the audiobook. And it's amazing. It's so dope. It's so fun. 
especially the audio production is really done amazingly well. And it made me want to tell stories and to come up with more crazy stories. I maybe realized a lot of the stories I tell my kids are very much of this world. I'm like, I should tell more crazier, magical, more imaginative stories. But this really is it. And this is an old truth. There's as much magic out there as your heart and mind is open to. And there's none if you choose to close yourself to all of it. So for whatever it's worth, two days ago at 4 a.m. in the morning, my hands turned into a tree. Now go figure, you know, go figure. But I have to say that that little magical experience, A, was really cool. It felt really interesting. But B, it was an important message for me, independently of tree or no tree, because I did overextend myself a bit last week. And I started reining it in a little bit. And I could tell that it's actually not just good for me. It's good for my kids too. Like we are all pushing a bit too much. We're going too hard. Like just rein it in 20% and we'll have a much better time, way more longevity. I've been now meditating on this message, practicing this message, reining it in a little bit. This morning, I told you, because I have an indoor pool here, I feel so blessed that I can wake up and the first thing I do in the morning is go and swim in ice cold water, right? It's like very energizing and very kind of cool. I'm so excited about it. But on the weekend, I went way too many times with my kids. And the last time I went, I really didn't want to go. I was so cold. I didn't want to go into cold water again. But I did it because I wanted to be super dad, right? I didn't want to disappoint my kids. This morning, I woke up and my every cell and every fiber of my being was screaming, no fucking way do we want to go to this fucking pool right now. Like, I want warmth. We don't want cold. And the first couple of hours in the morning was a nonstop argument about, I'm only staying in this Airbnb for two months. I can't be throwing away a day of possible morning swimming. And then eventually I thought, What's the point of having a pool when the pool becomes your master and it's demanding to be swimmed at every day, no matter if you feel like it or not? Like, what's the point of that luxury if it's not luxury, if it's not fun, if you don't do it because you want to? And if you can't choose to skip a day because today you feel cold and you don't want to go in there. And my mind understood that or my heart, who knows what's what at times, but a part of me kept negotiating with me, you know, okay, you don't go now, but maybe in an hour, you could go in an hour, go swim a little, just swim half the time. Just didn't shut up. Like just wanted to force me to go. And I had to practice to not. And instead I did what my body really felt like doing, which was go on a long walk. And I discovered a beautiful new trailway. It was such a nice little walk. And then there was this huge area of chickens, some massive chicken farm that was set up there. And I walked past the chickens and then I had this beautiful view. And again, I could tell that that was much more appropriate for me today, just going on this long one hour walk in nature. But there's an ambitious driving devil in me, a force in me. It's like, well, you know, you just went on a fucking walk when what you could have done instead was jump into ice cold water and then swim and exercise and push yourself and better yourself. Instead of that, you went on a walk like an old man, you know, you know like a little grandmother with her little dog, little poodle. It was a poodle walk. And I constantly also, I was walking fast and I had to practice walking much slower than I usually want because that pace felt good to my body versus the fast pace didn't. And I kept walking slow. And then I was thinking, yes, this feels really good. 
And then a few moments later, I would notice how fast I'm walking again. I'm going to slow down, motherfucker, slow down. And so this has been my meditation and mantra for the just Don't do this much. Just do a little less. Take a little easier. Everything is fine. Life is running away. Not every moment of life is a competition. You're not graded. You know, just relax. Enjoy it a bit more. With a slower pace, there's also the chance to actually perceive some magic in between different moments.